Well, I like to tell does. people uh, this. If you want to be part, let me, let me say it the right way. We believe that you can change the world, that one church can change the world. Yeah. And that's through partnering with people who are on the ground. Right. But the reality is right here from central Indiana, we can change the world. And we yeah. really can. And we are. If and yeah. Exactly. You know, through financial partnerships, through prayer partnerships, through trips, uh, you know, and we're believing God's going to continue to raise up workers out of our own church. We believe that there is always more to God's word and that if we dig a little deeper, we will find truth that will take us on a journey of amazing life change, a life of deeper hope, deeper truth, and deeper grace. Let's jump right in. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Deeper Grace Podcast. My name is Graham. I get to be the host today, as usually I am the host. And today we have our very own Pastor Wayne P-Dub. What's going on? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. It's Christmas time. It is. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. I love Christmas. Merry Christmas to everybody. Right. I love Christmas. As we say in my house, Merry Christmas. Because his last name's Murray. See what I did there? <laughs> or have yourself a Murray little Christmas. You could. There's so many puns. That there we is. Could, we could do with this. Yeah. this my family good. gets T-shirts made every Christmas. You know. I've seen them. Murray Christmas. So yeah. they're real. I got the design for ours yesterday. Looks good. We could use. We should do a giveaway with one of those shirts. See, I don't know anybody <laughs> not named Murray would care. Or we want one. <laughs> Shout funny. out to Ben Murray, who I knew years ago, who who get, tipped us off on that little green. Right. That was pretty cool. If you're if you're listening to this, Ben, you ben and started a, a crazy, incredible tradition here. I've seen several of the shirts. Yeah, we've taken it and run with it. Absolutely, you have to. Why not? It's fun. I think I saw a sign in your house. Did it? Did you? Do you have a sign too that says "Merry Christmas"? Or see, now that's how we've trained everybody. It says "Have yourself a merry little Christmas." It doesn't say "Murray," but we've created this psychological thing where <laughs> that's what you see. That's what, yeah. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. When I was at your house the other night, I'm looking at all of them, trying to see if. It says Murray anywhere. Yeah, That's see it. what happens there? <laughs> <That's awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, guys, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, Pastor, we are in the middle of our Christmas series because right. we celebrate Christmas all month long. Right. Here, and which is awesome. So Can't have too much Christmas, no, in my opinion. I don't think so. Yeah. I think it needs to be stretched, even till after Christmas. Is well, over. that's how my wife thinks. When Christmas Day's over, Christmas is over for me. Cut it. She's like, nope. We're leaving this stuff up for at least another week or so. I'm like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> That's what to say. That's what I would say. Yeah. My wife well, and there's so much work putting it up. There is. I'm okay leaving it up a little bit. It's really longer. not a hard argument, is it? It's not like, really. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll leave it there. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, we're in the middle of Christmas here. Mm-hmm. We've got decorations up. Yep. But we started um, a, a series to lead up to our Christmas Eve services and, and celebrating Christmas. And the first right. one we did, the Songs of Christmas, which mm-hmm. we talked about last week. This week, we the title was Crushing Christmas. So talk about it. What was it? Yeah. So uh, we, every year at our church, we do a Christmas offering. Mm-hmm. And it almost always, uh, part of the Christmas offering is almost always a global missions project. And so this year, uh, we're reaching out to the Arab world. Right. And we are... Uh, 
partnering with 10 other churches and with live dead teams throughout the Arab world to, to launch some businesses in Cairo and Morocco and Algeria and Baghdad. And so, uh, the message we, uh, I titled crushing Christmas because it's about Herod, right? You know, Herod is part of the Christmas story after Jesus was born. You know, the Magi came from the East, whereas he was born King of the Jews. And so we just talked a little bit about the history of King Herod and what an egomaniac he was and crazy person who killed people who, who disagree with them. And, you know, he built this monument to himself right outside Bethlehem. This, I mean, basically it was a flat space. You're talking millions of shovelfuls of dirt right. to build this mountain fortress mountain. that he made. And so, which he named after himself, no. by the way. So, <laughs> you know, the guy with an unlimited amount of money, unlimited amount of, uh, you know, labor, right. slave labor, uh, you know, he's building a monument to himself, trying to maintain power. And of course, when he hears about Jesus being born from the Magi, he's like, hey, where is this guy? Yeah, because he's, he's wanting to snuff him out. He's yeah. wanting to crush Christmas before Christmas ever began. Right. And we talk about the, the edict he gave to kill all male babies, yes. two years old and younger, and just how evil and wicked that is. And you had a number. What was the number that you said that was believed in that? Oh, and some scholars believe as many as 14,000 babies were killed. And so the, you know, the context we painted was Herod's Herodium would have been within seeing distance of Bethlehem. And he probably would have heard the weeping and the wailing uh, of families who had lost their babies. And so, again, just painting the picture of this wicked, wicked thing trying to crush Christmas. And that... That was that really happened, but Herod couldn't crush Christmas, you know, because right. Jesus was born. Joseph and Mary escaped to Egypt because the angel warned them, you know. So we talked about the fact that the spirit of Herod is still alive and well, right. trying to crush Christmas, trying to stop Jesus, the right. message of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus. And ironically, you know, we're focused on on the same part of the world that Herod was part of, the right. Middle East, and. Uh, you know, we together we get to stand up against the spirit of Herod and make a difference so that people can hear the message of the Savior, Jesus yeah. Christ. And so we told some pretty cool stories about yeah, what God's do. doing in the Arab world and lots of Muslims are coming to faith in Jesus. Which is awesome. You know, didn't have time to tell all the stories, right. but you know, I was on a Zoom call last week with uh, one of the team leaders uh, in Egypt and uh, the house church that he leads. There, there are, I think, a dozen people in this house church. Right. Nine of them had dreams of a man in white who came to them while they were sleeping, and uh, and and instructing them to follow Jesus. Yeah, it's supernatural. That's awesome. what what's happening. And so, of course, you still have to have people on the ground to right. to you, to share the gospel, yeah. disciple them, right. help them grow in their faith. And so, we're helping people do that all throughout the Arab world. And so, our, and, and so we took an offering and right. we're going to announce the totals uh, first week of January, but let's just say it's awesome. it was awesome. <laughs> our people are awesome. Yeah. The generosity is crazy. Yeah. And people believe in the mission of reaching people. They really do. And something that I love about you and I've loved about this church since day one is there's such a clear vision on in the area of missions man it is like you know for a fact what we're given to the difference we're making it's big mm-hmm. and the the people here they get it 
It's awesome. It's awesome to watch. Um, but you said you ran out of some stories, so there was one story. We'll, we'll get to some more. Uh, you talked about how the spirit of Christmas, or spirit of Herod, rather, is still today trying to crush the spirit of Christmas, or Jesus, rather, the gospel being preached. Right. Talk about uh, get that. How is that active today? Like, what, what, what do we need to look out for? Uh, what do we need to be praying against, fighting against, working against, you know, discipling against? to prevent that in our own, like our day-to-day or just overall? I I think overall, you you don't have to look very hard to see our culture. They're all about, you know, the gifts, the commercial side of Christmas, uh, the warm, fuzzy feelings and things like that. We're not really all about the actual story of a virgin who had a baby uh, to save us from ourselves. Uh, And so I I think there's so many things that try to hinder us from experiencing what Christmas is all about, right. which is unto you, us is born as Savior. Yeah. His name is Christ the Lord. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. <laughs> at least that's what Linus said. I'm staring at this Charlie Brown Christmas tree on my desk that, that <laughs> somebody awesome. gave me, which I love. But, uh, you know, anything that tries to crush the spirit of Christ, right. anything that tries to hinder the gospel of Jesus, that's the spirit of Herod. Right. So, you know, there are world religions that, yeah. that try to do that. There are spiritual forces that try to do that. A lot of politically correct thinking that tries to do that. But in the reality, at the end of the day, none of them are going to win. Right. They're not going to be victorious because, you know, the Bible says at the end of all time, he's king of kings, Lord of lords. Amen. Every knee will bow. Right. Every tongue will confess Jesus is Lord. Love it. Yeah. So tell me this. So you, you, I know you've got tons of stories. But in the in the spirit of the spirit of Herod not being able to crush Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. So the antithesis of that is some of the stories you already told, um, and you could tell one of those. But if you have any others, hit us with a story. What's a what's what's going on over there, or that you know that you didn't get to tell, or whatever that says. Oh yeah, he's not winning. Well, uh, in all of these countries that we're investing in, it's illegal to be a missionary there. Right. Um, you'd get kicked out of the country. You might get thrown in jail. Uh, there, there could be other repercussions, right. uh, depending on which country you're in and, and who was involved. So you have, you have people who are missionaries from this country going to live in those places and they're establishing businesses, right. legitimate businesses on the ground if that's an English training school, if that's a, a daycare, uh, I explained on Sunday, some of them are creating coffee cars, which I think is a gift from the Lord. That's, that's a great, a great idea. idea. So, uh, and so, so the very fact that you have people willing to risk their lives, their livelihood right. to go there and to come alongside, you know, some of the people that I've met, you know, I'm talking young couples, right. I'm talking single women, I'm talking about elderly people all right. on these teams wow. who are planning the church of Jesus in Saudi Arabia, in Baghdad, Iraq, in Jordan, in Syria, in Morocco, in Libya. Awesome. Cool, cool story. We get on, I'm, So I was in that part of the world earlier this year. Right. And so we get on a bus and we meet this couple who are missionaries in Libya. Mm. And so... Um, <laughs> so they're telling these stories, you know, Libya was literally torn apart by ISIS and, yeah. and uh, the Arab Spring that had happened there. 
And so they're telling stories about their boys, teenage boys who are, you know, integrating with with families there and they're planning the church. And uh, and so anyway, I, I was talking to them like, hey, we want to support you. He's like, Pastor Wayne, you've been supporting us for years. Hmm. <laughs> like, you didn't even know. I didn't even know. That's awesome. It's pretty awesome. Oh, that is funny. Yeah. So, Pastor Wayne. But anyway. You do that already. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. Which that's your heart. That's and I, I and in fact when it's it's so funny, I'll give you all a little bit of insight. When I interviewed here, one of the first things uh, cuz you know I talked to Matthias. I guess I talked to him on the phone first. I don't remember. But anyway, I talked to Pastor Matthias. Mm-hmm. And he was asking me some questions, and so then I asked him some questions and I was asking, you know, tell me about tell me about Pastor Wayne. Tell me about what's he like. And the first thing out of his mouth was he has the, the biggest heart for missions you will ever see in your life. And I have to say, after being here, the truest statement in the world. Mm. And it, it is true. And, and I've heard stories about, you know, when you first started the church, you said yes to missionaries all the time, and it was this big deal. Sight unseen. Sight unseen, just yep. did it. Which but is how we ended awesome. up supporting missionaries that I have no idea right. who. <laughs> <laughs> you just tell them yes. Right. Them. Yeah. yeah. But you got to love that. And that's part of the reason why our church is so awesome. So guys listening, if you're part of Grace, you're amazing. Because <laughs> it really is very cool to watch uh, people grab your heart like that. But anyway, uh, I said when, when, you, when he told me that, I remember uh, getting home that day and telling Amy, I'm like, Amy, missions is his heart. And she was like, yes, because you know, right. you guys listen, don't know, my wife lived as a missionary in Moldova for a year or so. And uh, so her heart is out there too, but mm-hmm. it's uh it's really cool to see. Well, I like to tell does. people uh, this: if you want to be part, well, let me let me say it the right way. We believe that you can change the world; that one church can change the world. Yeah, and that's through partnering with people who are on the ground. Right. But the reality is, right here from Central Indiana, we can change the world, and we yeah. really can. And we are. If and yeah. exactly. <clears throat> You know, through financial partnerships, through prayer partnerships, through trips, uh, you know, and we're believing God's going to continue to raise up workers out of our own church. And so we truly believe that. And I, I think people I think people want to be part of something bigger than themselves. Yes, they do. And I think missions is just one way we get to be part of something bigger than us. Right. You know, always pointing to that last day when we stand before the Lord. When God, you know, we're all going to, we're all raptured out of here. We stand before the Lord. I look forward to that day because I want to see not only the people that we reach in our community, because that's a big part of who we are, right. but we got to help right. people in Iraq yeah, and Iran yeah, and Syria, Morocco, Egypt, Kenya, Zanzibar, China, oh. <laughs> Guatemala, yeah. You know, wow. Central America, South America, New York City, L.A., and yeah. Indiana. Yeah, I want to count me in. Yeah. That's what I want. Can you imagine getting to see people that you don't even know in heaven and them going, your church is the reason why we got to meet Jesus. Yeah, or yeah. one of the reasons anyway. Yeah, yeah. one of them because you right. know it's a compounding exactly. thing. So um, one of the, the stories that you were telling uh, Sunday was um, about the uh, pastor, uh, what was his name? The Simo. Simo, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, um, now this is the one who started all the churches and became a part of the fellowship, is that correct? The Simo was the uh, Muslim background believer yes. 
uh, who uh, was one of the things our teams do right. on the ground there is they create videos yes, about the one. gospel. And at the end of the video, there's a number to call if you have more questions. Right. So uh, this particular person uh, who was a teacher of the Quran for years and years calls the number afterwards to talk to Simo. Simo answers the phone. Long story short, he drives to his house, explains the gospel, gets saved, entire family gets saved, entire family gets baptized. Right. You know, and so now this teacher of the Quran is a believer in Jesus. Well, guess what? He loses his job. Right. He loses everything else. And so that's part of what we're doing is coming alongside and supporting those pastors. Right. Because so, now he's a pastor, correct? That's correct. That's incredible. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I, I loved, as you were saying it, the story, uh, that's why I brought it, but as you were telling that story, I'm going, all because of a YouTube video. Correct. Isn't that crazy? How powerful is that? Yeah, and, and love the call to action at the end to call and the fact that he called. Uh, I'm just thinking about the job of the person who answers the phone. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like You got to be ready. Right. right. Like, really ready. Yeah. And, and what it spoke to me was, like, you know, because you often think about what what do these guys do when we send these people out? What are they doing? Like this guy had to know, like not just know Jesus, but he had to know well, how do you have this conversation? Well, and, and obviously he does, right? But more importantly, he has to be present. Yes. And this is why the strategy is not to sit here in America and shoot out videos all over the world. Right. There's value in that, but when somebody responds to that video. Hey, let's meet for coffee yes. and start talking about it. That's where the relationship comes in. Because if he had been there's here, a there's yeah. an old saying that says the gospel is incarnational, hmm. which means it takes people. Yeah, you know, technology is great. Right, broadcasting the gospel is great. God can do anything. Right, but you'll we always need people on the ground. Ultimately, we yeah. always need people who are discipling other people, and so that story illustrates yes. how, you know. We we need to be the gospel, right? Be incarnational. It's through relationships. It's through conversations. It's through, you know, hey, let's study God's word together. Let's pray right. together. That's how that's how you grow in faith. That's how you grow uh, in a relationship with Jesus. And and again, that's why families leave the states and go to these countries because there are. They're doing what Jesus did for us. They're going where they were, living where they live, walking where they walk, experience what they experience so they can experience a real God. Right. I love it. And I did love that, how he went to see him. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's a big deal, man. Yeah. Because is that in his job description? I don't know. It doesn't matter. He did it anyway. Well, and there's a, another fascinating story uh, with this couple from Egypt. And they were telling me the story of um, how God called them, you know, because they they went to a particular university uh, in the south south part of the United States, and they weren't necessarily planning right. to be missionaries. He, I think, he was an engineer or something. So he and his wife get married. You know, long story short, they get connected with Live Dead, and and so they're as they were preparing to go to the Middle East. You know, God just gave them a burden for Muslim people. Right. And so uh, they lived in this particular apartment building, and so they were out. Uh, the, the swimming pool of the courtyard or of the apartment building right. or whatever. And there was a particular woman who was out by the pool. You know, they were, she was wearing the burqa, right. You know, that, but totally covered, you know, because of modesty rules in, in Islam, uh, she was wearing that. This is the, their word. They called it a burkini. So she was actually yeah. swimming in it. And so in this, this man's wife, 
that we were talking to one of our workers right. on the ground there. He said, my wife, he goes, my wife went up to her after afterwards and she said, can I be your friend? Mm. And the, the Muslim lady in the, in the burqa just started crying. She said, uh, my husband and I have been here in the United States for six months and you're the first person to talk to me. Wow. Yeah, so big deal. Wow, the gospel is incarnational. It, is. it takes people, and and I think that challenges us too because we've fallen for some stereotypes of of Muslim people yeah. that are you know we've let media and movies and narratives yeah. and the reality is you know there are some people out there who right. who have jihadist ideas. There's no doubt, right. but the vast majority uh, they're just lost. Yeah, they they just need Jesus. And, and the gospel works. And, uh, you know, so I, let me challenge everybody out there's listening. You know, if you've got neighbors, coworkers that are of a, from another culture, from another uh, background than you, walk across the room, walk across the street, lend a hand. And maybe it just starts with, hey, can I be your friend? Who knows what God will do? Wow. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor Wayne, for this past weekend. It was good. Good. I'm good. glad. It's a good vision day, even if you didn't intend it to. It was, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we really do appreciate you guys listening. Again, uh, if you could like it, like this podcast, share it, rate it, review it, do all the good things. Let us know how you feel. That helps us and helps other people find the show. If you didn't get to watch this message, make sure you go to our YouTube channel and check it out. Uh, until then, though, we really appreciate you listening this week, and we will see you next week on the Deeper Grace Podcast.